0: I'm Mel Stewart and this is a GMM taker of the Swim Sound Podcast. Joining me today, we have three-time Olympic champion, Kaylee McKeown. Just off World Championships, making history. The first woman to sweep the 50, 100, and 200 backstroke. All at the same World Championships. Wow, thanks for being here.
1: No, thanks for having me on. It's not often that I you know, jump on podcasts and you know, I love swim swam. So thank you again.
0: Uh, okay, for everybody out there listening, if, you, if you've been hiding under a rock and you didn't see what happened, we're going we're gonna to just do a quick review. 50 back gold 27.08 third fastest performer all time 100 back gold 57.53 championship record and 200 back gold 203.85 eighth fastest performance all time I'm tired that, that and, and and the relays you 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 picked up two silvers on the relays what um, yeah and you I can't imagine. World Championships. I mean, I went to World Championships. By the last time I went to World Championships was in Perth, Australia, in 1991, and it was exhausting then. But we didn't do semis, and it wasn't as long. Um, how, how do you, how do you manage the length of time and performing at that level?
1: Yeah, look, I'm not gonna lie. It's it's a real challenge, but you have to remember we're all in the same boat, and it's you know just a matter of getting yourself through each stage. That being, you know, the heats into the semis and the final, hoping that you have that little bit extra of energy after you have a morning off um, and then you come in that night, hopefully red hot and firing to go. But nonetheless, it's it's never easier. It doesn't matter how much fitter or stronger you are. It's just a bit of a mental game, to be honest with you.
0: I want, I want to talk about that 200 back short world record. Back in March, New South Wales uh, Open Championships, the 203 um, what, what What was going on there? How much rest... Where did that come from?
1: I asked myself the same question because like it was just completely left field. Um, Literally the week before we had done a 70k week, um, which is probably one of the harder things that I've ever done in my life. Bolly just kind of gave it to our group as a bit of a challenge, something different um, that we could kind of reflect on later in the season be like, hey, I did that. And that was pretty cool to do. So yeah, going into New South Wales, I had... No idea. I would be swimming as well as I did. We suited up the week before on that Saturday morning, and I had a really good short course session. And I was like, "Oh, like I'm actually in some pretty good form." So I knew, like, relatively, I was sitting in a good spot. But yeah, never did I think that that world record would have my name in it.
0: Let me just uh, just bring attention to what you said: seventy thousand meters the week before. Okay, then that, then that, that, yeah, I have to ask the question. What, what is does a Kaylee McEwen taper look like? Is it like, do what do you take a, take a hot shower and a day off and that's it?
1: I, I will say my, my taper's is completely different to what it was last year. Um, you know, I probably had a bit more intensity this year leading into world championships to try to keep that back end of my racing. Um, and I'm reflecting now. I've still got to sit down with Bolly when we get back to, um, next season and just kind of say what worked what didn't work and maybe figure out you know do i keep my volume up a little bit more as well because i tend to feel a lot better when i'm can feel the water feel my body in it uh which sounds weird and, it, and it's not something that i want i'd love to have a taper and you know be doing two three k
0: that's surprising so you were you were surprised you were like this is this is uh what, what did you think you would go What what would have made you happy at New South Wales Open Championships
1: Um, before that race all my coach wanted me to do he's like look you've been playing this this race safe for so many years you go out really easy you come back as hard as you can he's like I want you to put firm pressure on in that first hundred and go out in double O I'd never done that before so I was I was like I was pretty nervous to be honest with you because I was like oh uh, you know if I don't do this he's going to be like oh you didn't do what I asked so I just wanted to get myself through that first 100 really comfortably and you know, I felt good coming off that third, onto the third 50 and I was like, why should I stop? Um, and it was it was funny because when we were at um, World Championships, Reagan actually said to me, she was like, that one record just feel like amazing. And I was like, I've never felt like that in my life. And she was like, good, because mine felt the exact same. And I was like, I wish you could just feel that way all the time.
0: What's interesting is that you're, it, what i'm hearing from you is that you have a lot more in the tank and it's uh and if you get aggressive on the front end of your races um you have a lot you you have some fast swims in you i i'm, I'm kind of curious as to and you know how aggressive you could get uh, on a 200 meter backstroke with a full taper what that would look like is that is that do you have a goal time do you want to share your goal time in the 200 meter backstroke just you can share it here
1: Look, I, my goal time for this season was just getting down to two oh three and I did that back in March. So it's kind of been like, oh crap, like what do I do now? Um, I haven't actually sat down with, it's not just my own goals, it's the goals that I have with my team, that being, you know, my my gym coach, my, you know, sports analysis guys, like all of those people come together, and we kind of talk about what we can do. Uh, but I think you're absolutely right. Like I don't think you know, if I, if I sat in my apartment after a session, I'm like, I've got nothing left to give. That I think that's the point of my career where I'm like, you know, I think it might be time to throw in the towel and be dumb at the sport. But like you said, it, you've got to want more. Whether or not I can give more, that's another question, but I, I do want
0: more. We know from World Championships, you, you've got a 50 back and, and we, know how, we know how fast you come home. So at, at a certain point, we want to see full-throttled fifth gear laying it all out there. Do you promise? Maybe. Maybe, maybe. You know, a lot of people don't think about this, but uh, I've said it a few times before. I was a 200 butterflyer and I swam backstroke when I was a kid and swam it in college. I thought 200 backstroke was way, way more painful, much more painful because um, 200 fly was rhythm and rolling and I felt like there there were opportunities to rest if you did it correctly. But in backstroke, there is no place to hide. It's just driving with your legs nonstop. Is is that something you think about? You're like, you know, I'm great at 200 backstroke, but it really hurts.
1: Oh, 200 backstroke is such a mental game as well. Like, I don't think I ever stand behind the blocks before the race and I'm like, oh, this is so fun. Like, I know, I know that race hurts, and I know when you come off. Even that first hundred, you come off the wall for that third fifty, and your legs are already started stinging. They feel like lead, just sinking to the bottom of the pool. And you're like, man, this is going to be an interesting back hundred. But um, no, I think it's great. Um, and the biggest thing for me, as well as my underwater, is I'm not great hypoxically, so that's something I've really got to work on as well.
0: Well, coming into World Championships, there was uh, you know we're talking to you. some swims based in, in the United States, but half of our audience is international. So we're talking to you from the United States where we're following Team USA closely and we love Reagan Smith and Reagan has struggled since 2019. She had an extraordinary world championships. Then she's, you know, the pandemic was tough and she really, it felt like she was coming back into her own this year. So we were all making predictions about what was going to happen at world championships. And we're very excited about it until New South Wales. And that, 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 that caused some insecurity among Team USA fans. But it's a, um, you know, coming into World Championships after such a, a, a spot-on spring. You know, how how are you feeling?
1: Yeah, I'm feeling great. Obviously, I'm, I'm sick now off the back of it all. But uh, just with Regan, like I think she's a phenomenal athlete, and I I've said it before as well. I don't think the backstreak would be as red hot if it wasn't for her. You know, she was the first woman to go under 58. She was the first woman to go under 204. Like. That in itself is unbelievable. And it took me how many years after to be like hunting her down for that. And I have no doubt my mind that she's going to come back. And, you know, she might even be that first woman to go into the 57 or, you know, 203 mark. Like I can see the fire in her eyes and her, her coach Bob as well. And, you know, that drives me in my training environment. So I don't think the rivalry between the two of us has, you know, been put to bed at all. I think, you know, in saying that the U.S. did get dealt a bad hand leading into, you know, the World Championships, they were over in Singapore. They, you know, came in. I was talking to a few of them, and they were pretty tired. So, I don't think that they necessarily had the best preparation that they could have. I,
0: I feel like I feel like when we're this close and we're living in it, and you're living in it, you're in, you're in the water, you're, you're fighting, you're competing. But I feel like even as fans, as we're in it, in the news cycle, in this moment in history now. I don't think we, 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 we really understand how great the female talent is around the world. When Reagan, yeah. when Reagan broke the world record in 2019, I thought in that moment and shared it with people and shared it publicly, I felt like that might be the swim of a generation. Like that world record yeah. just might stand as long as Mary T. Maher's 200 Butterfly, which she did back in 1981. And boy, was I wrong. And it's the, but it's a testament to what's happening now. Do you ever sit back and think, "Wow, there's a lot of female talent. Women are killing it right now in swimming."
1: Yeah, and look, it's funny you say that because even you know back then in 2019, I was with my former coach Chris Mooney and we did not expect Regan to swim as well as she did. And then we had you know with my coach Michael Gold, and he's like, "Oh yeah, when she did that back in 2019, I thought nobody had a chance of touching her." But yeah, you know, I think being the person I am, I love that. Competitiveness, And then if you, even if you look at, you know, Molly, uh, Molly and Arnie, like they're so competitive and, you know, but from the same nation. And I was, um, uh, this probably will be wrong, but you'll get the gist of what I'm saying. So our final for our women's trained freestyle would have been good enough for all of those swimmers to make, you know, the semis. It's crazy. It's absolutely wild. Um, so, yeah, the depth in Australia, especially in women's freestyle, is kind of scary.
0: Very scary. It's it, but yeah. interesting too. I always remind people in the United States, and there's a close relationship and I love and I respect for swimming in Australia. I always remind people, I'm like, Australia is twenty six million point four point4 26.4 million people. The United States is three hundred and thirty nine point nine million people. <laughs> um, uh, the state of the state of Texas where Swimsame's based in Austin, Texas. The state of Texas has thirty million residents. Is it something that you think about? And anyone talks about on 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 uh, on swimming Australia, do do you think? Hey, you know, we're 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 not as big as the United States. We still bring it to them.
1: <laughs> Look, it's definitely been said, but it's not something that comes up that often. Like it's like you know, we're a small nation, but we're very prideful, and we, you know, for Australia, we do bring home a lot of our Olympic medals, and I think that kind of pressure has always kept swimming our number one sport. Um, so yeah.
0: Kind of. What, what I'm hearing from you is kind of.
1: Yeah, a little bit.
0: <laughs> it's it, it's going back to the 1980s. It was a it was. Let's just say we we knew to always respect Team Australia because you never knew what was going to happen. Um, okay. in in terms of, but I, I did want to bring it back to this one thought. I, I, did, I did I did say you know we we've we've lived through an era of of enormous global stars on the men's side. We went to you know, particularly obviously the Phelps era. Uh yeah. with so many and a lot of big names. And um I feel like this is and the Paris Olympics could be the Olympics where women shine and really all of the performance comes from the women's side. a lot of the best races are the close races. But in terms of this talent, I feel like this might be um the women's Olympics. I do.
1: It it would be awesome to be a part of that as well. Um uh- but even then, it's like, you know, you still got Leon who broke Michael Helps as well, record. Right? like people like that, you know, you still got the, you know, the star athletes in the males as well. But I think the females, you know, Summer, McIntosh, Ariel Tipniz, Malia Callahan, all those like big names. I think it's going to be, you know, and even Emma, like, it's just, yeah, unbelievable. It
0: is unbelievable. Let's get into the weeds of world championships. Uh, I, the fans were robbed. In the 200 IM, we were so excited. You, you know, you you bent. What did you get? 20714. In the 200 IM, is that correct? That I made it yeah. 20719. 20719 yeah. at the Sydney Open. That was in May. That's a that's a personal best. So we were like, whoa, you know, Geely's turned on in the 200 IM. This is going to be an amazing final. And uh, the back-to-breast turn. Uh, you 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 went past vertical, and. We also kn- we also ro- reported some other athletes were going past vertical. They didn't get DQs, and particularly some Team USA athletes. Um, did is it was that something that surprised you, and, and how did you handle it?
1: Um, look, I the medley has been something that I really enjoy training for, and you know when I went to two hundred seven, I was like, oh, like I could really give those US girls a red hot, you know, go for this race, and started training it a little bit more and more, and I just I'm still. Needing to get a bit more practice with how to race it properly under my belt, um so hopefully you know this start of the season um, I'll be able to do that and you know get that confidence in it. And then you know all of a sudden uh, I'm getting ready for this you know going through the semifinals. I had a really good comfortable heats um, heat swim semifinals so that as we were getting out, and like usually they dequeue and you're still at the pool, and it wasn't till we had I had you know done by media for back home and then he had come back around, he's like, oh, did you see the board, you got DQ'd? And I was like, huh? Like, it's not something I, I've only ever been DQ'd for for, you know, moving on the blocks before a backstroke start. So I was just like, what did I get DQ'd for? You know, I was going through my head, I was like, I didn't go past the 15, you know, my hands touched on every wall together. Like, I don't understand what I did wrong. And, you know, I think it was a few hours later, the head coach Rod Taylor can remember he's like oh yeah you were uh, over 90 degrees and I was like I could have sworn like it was safe and like it was so we went in obviously tested against it and they came back and just said no but they didn't use any other footage so they used the footage on the bottom of the pool that was over in late eight so it's kind of hard to justify where 90 degrees is when you know, I was in lane five or something like that, and they're using a camera on the opposite side of the pool, and then, you know, the next day, I see this article that you guys have released of cameras from above, and I was just, I broke down in tears. I was like, this is so unfair, like, because even um, the person who had DQ'd me, they were like, oh, it was 50-50, so they just went with, you know, the same option, let's DQ her, but, you know, when you guys released that footage, I was just distraught, like, I was like, this is so unfair, like, And this is before my 100 backstroke heats, mind you, like just bawling my eyes out. Because originally I thought, you know, I'll cop it on the chin, go with the rules, go with the ruling. And then I was like, no, like I'm going to show these guys that I'm still a good swimmer. I'm not going to let them take my world championships away from me. Um, And I'm just so thankful as well. We had another Australian in that race. I just, uh, Jenna Forrester up and coming, not even up and coming, she was on the podium um, for the 400. So I just think like, for me, I was proud to have another Australian in there to give those girls a red hot crack as well.
0: Two seven nineteen in May. And uh, you know, you're just off Stephanie Rice's um Australian record. And I so you have to what would you have swum? if you would if you know, we're gonna look into our we're going the alternate universe where you swam that final, what 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 would have been?
1: Oh, look, I would have hoped to have had been around the two seven. I don't think I'm quite, you know, a two six for me yet. Um but like, who knows? Uh we would guess we'll have to wait and see if, for what I could do next
0: season. I would I would say definitely made uh, a bet on the podium somewhere with mm-hmm. a certain color of metal and uh the fans felt like they were robbed. And I think that's part of the reason why a lot of the reporters jumped on the story and started digging into it. And I'm sorry that yep. that made you cry when you read when you read it that no,
1: was
0: That's okay. But uh, you recovered. Hey, so here talk talk to us. You know, there's a lot of young people who listen to this. Um you are a world class athlete, a three time Olympic champion. How do you manage your, you know, your your emotions when you have a moment like that and then turn it around so quickly? What was the what was going through your mind? What is the process?
1: Sometimes I think it is better to just cry and let it all out in one go. So then you're not carrying this emotional baggage to trying to hold back the tears for the rest of the week. Um, and you know, like I had said that that first night after being DQ'd, I was okay. I was like, I don't feel like I should cry. And I actually felt bad. I was like, I should be upset about this, but I was already in that mentality of I've still got more races and I think it's really important as well like my coach talked about it and then that, that was it like one done uh, so I think that it's so much better when people just move on as quickly as you can because it allows you to be able to gear up for the next race and to me like in the past you know with my dad passing I've always been able to challenge it into you know a negative into a positive being like you know, now I have this extra little motivation to get me going for my next races. And to me, I just flipped it. You know, this is a little bit unfair. Like, I didn't do anything wrong, but there should have been others that got DQ'd. And this is what I've got going for me now. If I could prove to them that I'm still a great athlete despite what they do, I've made myself proud. And I've, you know, for the Olympics even next year, like, if something like this happens again, I could be like, I've done this. Thing. I've done this before. I could do this again. Like, it doesn't matter how much upset there is. I would like to think that I've got enough support. I'm strong enough to get up and go again.
0: I talked to a coach in the United States, um, and a lead coach, one of the best coaches in the world, and he, he's kind of a tough person. And one of the, one of yeah. the athletes jumped and uh, had a, the jumped on a relay. And it was a, yeah. just bad. A lot of points on a relay. This was a college swimming situation, which is really a big deal in the United States. And I said, how did you handle that? And I thought that he was going to give me some version of a, of, you know, this was the stern speech. And instead he came back and said, well, you know, you have to acknowledge it. You've got to feel it. And you've got to process those emotions. And you've got to give it enough time that you've got to move on as quickly as possible. Soon. Yeah.
1: And I think now is the time to kind of reflect on it and be like, feel that disappointment. Like I, I felt it then, but it's now it's more like the, the deeper thought about it.
0: I asked the writers of some some I said hey you know give me some questions and and one of the questions was the follow up did that did that 200 IM do you feel like it impacted your your
1: your backstroke I wouldn't say it impacted my backstroke it definitely took you know emotional energy away from me but you know you, you got to do what you got to do and I dealt with it the best way that I could
0: It's a lot and a, and a long marathon of a weekend which is really uh, an emotional roller coaster the I was I was gonna ask you questions about those photographs, but you said you read it and you saw it on Swim Swam. Yeah. The um th- there is something that we ran. We ran a picture of you and Reagan in the ready room, and you're chatting it up and you're smiling and uh, you know, we built up this huge rivalry, like you're 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 going to battle. This you know, and and you really screwed up our our, our 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 tension and our drama. Why did you do that? Why are you guys being so nice to each other?
1: I didn't like I've been in a marching room before where it's just so tense and it just like for me personally, it feels hostile. I'm like, we're all athletes. We're all trying to do the same thing. Why do we have to hate one another? And like, I don't know, it just makes the pressure less if you're able to have, you know, good light touch, even if it's like, you know, fake. some people might call it, but you know, I want to get to know people internationally. Australia is so far from everything. So I don't get the chance to, you know, Go over and do all the tier series and that kind of stuff. So, for me, this is a big chance to get to know people and you know Kylie Moss there as well. I've become good friends with her. So, yeah, I just think it's it's nice to be able to talk to people in the marshalling room and take off those nerves and try to switch off before a race.
0: These are these are memories you're going to have for the rest of your life. How would you, how would you describe yeah. your how would you describe your relationship with Regan? This is um you you the spotlight's going to be on you. You're <laughs> you're you're two global stars in the sport of swimming. You know, what's, um, do you feel an intimacy with her in that way?
1: Like I said, I think we're both athletes trying to be the best in the world and we can bond that, you know, I, and I said to her after one of the podiums, I was like, I'd love for you to come over to Australia and, you know, train in my program for a little bit. She's like, oh, I'd actually love to do that, Um, you know, after Olympics and that kind of thing. So, you know, it is a relationship that's got room to grow. And like I said, I don't, we don't get to speak to each other all the time. So it's not like we're best friends, but, you know, I think. If anything were to happen, I have a lot of people in the in the backstroke world that would support me.
0: Last year, our world championships, um, a little bit of an off year. I don't know how you would describe it, but uh, what happened last year compared to this year? What was the difference?
1: For me, it was a huge change in programs. I've gone from somebody who does this three week cycle back into a normal week to week cycle, and that for me, like my body was just under so much more load and I like wasn't as consistent in training. My confidence was low, you know, I was comparing my times from with my old coach to my coach now, and I was just like stuck in this world of like, oh, I just want to swim well. And I was so focused on trying to swim well that I wasn't doing the actual process to get to that point. And, you know, I had a few injuries there too, like for I think it was around eight months I was basically kicking. So it was like 80% kick, 20% swim. So you can't really go into a world championships with that much confidence. And I think for me, the best thing I could have done was taking that pressure off um, and not do that 100 backstroke because I didn't want to, you know, dig the hole deeper. Um, so it was great for me to have that sort of medley there, gain that international experience. first time I'd ever swam it. And that 200 that backstroke was just – I was so nervous for that race because, I, you know, i just come off the back end of Olympics. and I I won that event. I had that pressure on me. And I just remember now, like I just didn't, I wasn't enjoying swimming, you know? And I've made a lot of changes from last year to this year. That kind of all started clicking for me in December. So yeah, I think it's all finally come together.
0: I hear a lot of athletes saying that they, a lot of elites coming out of the pandemic into the, the Olympic Games in this weird year and the weird Olympics where you swam incredibly well, but it took so much emotion. And, uh, you know, we, we, we saw it with Caleb Dressel. Caleb, Caleb popped. He's like, yeah. I'm out. I've had enough. My nervous system is is shot. Um, it, Did you... You had to manage that as well, like everybody else. Uh, did you feel yeah. the need of that coming out of the pandemic and then this weird Olympic year?
1: Oh, I think it was just... A mix of everything because you know I lost my dad during the pandemic and you know I think I pushed that to a certain place where I was like I can pick that up later and then you know after the Olympics I was like this is my time to actually feel that and you know think about it and then yeah you know, it was what had happened at Olympics how well we all swam and it was the pressure of trying to find a program like I was supposed to have eight weeks off and enjoy my time off but my whole like the whole eight weeks, I was just stressed about trying to find a new club at, find a new coach, find new physios, massages. Like I didn't have the actual time to sit down. At the time I got to the world championships last year, I was just like, I just don't want to be here. And, you know, and then we had Com games. Like last year was huge. We, we got to Gates and I actually remember crying to our head coach from Poole Deck. I was like, just send me home. Like I don't want to be here. Like and I, I'm not that person at all. So for me to sit here today and reflect on that and see how far I've grown as, you know, a person and an athlete, I'm proud of myself and I'm proud for how, you know, the people around me supported me that for that as well. Wow.
0: Still managing to perform. Uh, you know, it's yeah. it it okay, wasn't as great a year as, as the Olympics were this year, but it's uh it's still yeah. impressive. Um Thank you. That is a it's hard to hear. Because it's, I feel yeah. like a lot of people in swim have are just so tired. They're kind of going, man, and I see it behind the scenes. I see, you know, we're yeah. we're on deck, we're close to athletes, and we see it in their face. What is the, you know, I, I'm starting to love it again. You know, what, what what is that love? Where did that where did that come from? How did you find that again? What was that? What was the turning point?
1: I had this say where it's, you know, a happy swimmer is a fast swimmer. Right, I think. I just needed to find what made me happy you know I moved out I'm in my own apartment I've got my own space like I'm living life how I want to live it um and you know it was the first time I moved out of home as well last year so it's all just like piled up on one another and I finally feel at ease you know my home is my sanctuary I feel at peace you know I could go down to the beach I can take my dogs for a walk like all this kind of stuff so it's just nice to live how I used to when I was back home with my parents
0: you know, a lot of athletes don't manage that moment where they out on their own as well. It can go either way.
1: Yeah. And I think having, you know, short course worlds in Australia really helped. Uh, If it was anywhere else in the world, I wouldn't have done it. But it was definitely the meet where I could see, you know, my training was starting to chip away at my old PBs. And, you know, I didn't do anything spectacular, but it was, you know, just the challenge of enjoying myself. And, And our Australian team, we were just loving it down there. Like, I don't know if it's because it was the last meet of the year, there was no pressure, but we just like, yeah, we we vibing.
0: <laughs> so so independence on your own, create your own safe space, and finish out the year, world champs, kind of cool. So off topic, we're all scratching our heads going, wow, we have world championships in the Olympic year, and that feels weird. Um, it's in the middle of, in the United States, you have college swimming so big, it's in the middle of the college season. So it's like, wh- what is, you know, who's going to go? Are you, is, are you guys going? Are you
1: going? Look, Australia is taking over like a B team, I guess. Uh, the, they've said, you know, if you're from this year's World championship, to you want to go to next year, put your hand up. Because we're not having a trials for it. So it's just a matter of who wants to go. and You know, the reason being. Sometimes there was rumors that was like, you know, they're going to take over a men's 4 by one relay. Just medley relay to uh, try expose them for the Olympic Games and that kind of stuff. I don't know if they're still going to do that, but for me, I won't be doing it.
0: It's um, it's in Doha, right? Yes. Um. So yeah, you should. up so for people that that are not watching this on video and listening on the podcast, that was a definitive head shaking of no. There's a lot of athletes. Yeah. Doing the Same thing at the elite level. You know what? I think that's fine. I think that's actually cool because a lot of athletes will get on the podium. They'll final and they'll get on the podium and it'll be great experience and yeah. uh it's it'll be a good confidence builder for you know so you're graciously the star Kaylee McHugh is gonna step aside and <laughs> let someone else experience it for a while so very kind of you very gracious
1: <laughs> i i wouldn't say it's like that like i definitely want to be there it's just not what's in my plan
0: no it definitely isn't, doesn't feel like an olympic year training cycle uh moment in time it would yeah it just kills you that that would eat up it's just yeah, it, you're taking that would be ended up being two weeks of your life.
1: Yeah, and it's also you know you could be using that kind of to train. So
0: it's been over two years. And, you know, can you talk about you know the the change from you know Coach Chris Mooney to to Michael Bull and you know what that's looked like for you as an elite athlete?
1: Yeah, I think my journey with Chris was definitely you know from the age of I think I moved to when I was 15 to 21. Well, around about no 20 sorry um so I was with him for a good chunk and he definitely created this huge base to me as an athlete like you know my endurance my aerobic and you know even my speed so I think a lot of what I've learned from him and especially on an international stage I've been able to carry into Bollie's program and really bold that and you know Bollie's been around for years decades he was a surround himself so he's seen a lot and I think for me, the biggest thing was self-confidence. He couldn't believe what I had done with how much, how little confidence I really had. So I think he's really taken me as the athlete he's seen and he's built me from here to here. And, you know, it's taken it, its taken its time, but I've got all the confidence in him and his programming in the world now. And I know he's going to sit down and be like, how do I get my sport from here to here? And I think that's the best thing in a coach is knowing that they have your best interests at heart.
0: Well, I'm glad that your confidence is up. You're a swimming hero, which really begs the question, the 2024 Paris Olympic Games, are you going to take on the 200 IM, 200 back double?
1: It, it's scary to say yes, because like, you never know, but I would like to say yes, Uh it's going to be a huge program, and it's just a matter of getting through that and getting my head around it before actually putting it on display. Sounds painful. It sounds like a lot of energy.
0: <laughs> it sounds like a lot of energy, but it's. Uh, I, I appreciate you you being honest and saying, "Hey, you know, it's on the table. We're we're, we're considering that." So, uh yeah, I hope so because we feel like we got robbed again at at the World Championships. If- the um, in terms of uh everything that happened with with uh did you watch our news in terms of like when when Kate made the that did the morning show and then everybody yeah, went viral went nuts did you see you know, what did you see our response to it did you see our video we really got on that we got on we said we got to talk about this I don't think people understand what's really happening here I don't know if you saw did you see that
1: I didn't see her response but you could share it with me
0: <laughs> no 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 it, it, our response, no we responded by look oh, just listen sorry, and- sorry. No, that's okay we, we we jumped on because it was something that became a big deal globally, and it was uh, our we we had a we had a chat about it, and we were like, "Look, this is we don't know what cult, what's going on culturally in Australia, but we know for a fact that this television show is meant to be lighthearted and fun, and Kate was really playing it up, and uh, and and there's an element of truth in it, and that's and that's fine." And, uh, but we, you know, at the end of our discussion was, we think this is a gift and it really sets everything up for, you know, 2024 in Paris against two great swimming nations. But, um, you made a statement and your statement, I feel like was extraordinarily diplomatic. I was like, did a PR company write that statement? It was like perfectly balanced. It showed key respect, but it sort of said, you know, Hey, you don't cheer everybody's this is that's not, that's not everyone's opinion on team Australia.
1: Yeah. Look, I think like I didn't see the interview that Kate had given it. I know it was lighthearted and it was like, you know, a bit of side of that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, like, for me, I've always been taught to, you know, respect one another, respect, you know, different cultures and nations. And I, I know how private the U.S. is. And I know that if somebody had said that about Australia and, you know, it was coming from one of my competitors, I would have been just like destroyed, like how hurtful that is to say, especially, you know, about the style better and that kind of thing. Like, I was just like, that's not okay um, in my eyes. And, you know, there was a few other athletes that were on team that we had spoken about it. And I knew I had, you know, them behind my back. They didn't agree with what was said either. And, you know, we actually had the U.S. come up to us after they got presented their award for the top uh, nation and they they basically just said you guys deserve that. So, I think Kate wasn't there to see that and see how nice that was for them to do, and that's what kind of not pissed me off, but just annoyed me. I was like, hey, like that rivalry is there, yes, but there's still a certain level of respect that we have to give.
0: That is something that I that I haven't seen or heard. That that is definitely nuance, which is that you know we were all watching and we were watching the medal count from the. The U.S. telecast, yeah, for U.S. fans, and when they flipped the medal table, we called them out immediately. But yeah, uh, it's interesting that the Team U.S. athletes did walk up to you and said, "You know what, you guys, you 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 were the performers of this meet." That must have felt great.
1: Yeah, I think it's always nice to have that acknowledgement, and you know, our head coach Rowan as well had said that he's like, "I'm thankful that they came up and said that. Like, and it means something to us." Said, "Yeah, like they didn't." Ha- you guys from the US did have to do that, and it just showed how kind-hearted you guys are. Who said it?
0: <laughs> Who on Team USA said it?
1: Oh, I, I wasn't there when it was said. I just heard that in a bit. Said, yeah.
0: Okay, that's fine. That's good. What's well, a good message? We like. I like that message. All right. Um, well, this we'll definitely clip this out and share this on social. The uh, yeah. So final medley relay. There was uh, this. The, let me let me set this up for you. Team USA, internally, the, the entire discussion is like, wow, we're really getting our butts handed to us here. I'll you, just, just, you know, they're really, they're really bringing it, they're, they're a dominant team. And, uh, the, the medley relay at the end was, uh, was, it was a moment of like, um, a little bit of hope for Paris next year. Um, you know, it's, it's Reagan swam fast. Reagan went to 57 yeah. six. What would, so what yeah. break down. What was that swim like? What was the medley medley like?
1: For me, I just had to. I didn't, so I swam down off that tuna back I didn't bother coming in that morning. I just needed a rest. It was the first morning off that I had had the entire meet. So I was just excited to get my sleep in. And you know, my coach was like, you know, I want you to try and do the complete clean, sweet meeting, you know, pepper her out of the medley relay as well. Unfortunately, I didn't get my hand on the wall, I was out too slow and didn't have enough space i guess in a 50 meter pool to catch her in that last 50 so she got to handle the wall first and she did that in style and from there the u.s just let out um we definitely you know our athletes were all tired and i think next year we've got different plans and just different strategies to try and bridge that gap between us and the u.s
0: well no one's listening to this toward the end of the podcast you can tell me how is australia going to beat team usa in the medley
1: we did it at Olympics by like a little bit. So hopefully we can find that same little bit of magic and uh, bring it out to get at an Olympic stage.
0: Well, I've thoroughly enjoyed this. Is there anything that I didn't cover? Anything you want to talk about?
1: No, I don't know. I'm happy. I'm all happy.
0: Well, let's let's close it out with this. Tell us, what, what are you going to do? What are you doing to decompress and celebrate uh, as, as as we take a little bit of break before we ramp up for Olympic training?
1: Yeah, so obviously I'm a sunny coast girl, so I'm going to go back to such like coast and see all my friends up there and you know go camping, spend that kind of time up there and enjoy that, just away from this environment.
0: Thanks for being here.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much for having me on as well.